Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Cork Councillor, Fianna Fáil Councillor Terry Shannon is with us here on Lunchtime Live. Terry, why are you so critical of your county motorists? Andrea, how are you? It's nice to be on a provincial radio station for a change. Um, down the country. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not critical of everybody because obviously there are very good drivers and there are very bad drivers, but unfortunately the bad ones are fairly bad. Well, you describe, this, you, you describe the standard of driving in the city as appalling. That's appalling. pretty critical. Yeah, a lot of it, yeah, a lot of it is. And I think people know it is and know themselves that what they're doing is is against the law and it's not about whether they've passed their test or whatever. You know, sitting in the yellow box, you know, parking in the yellow box, we all know that's wrong. Speeding up to get through a red light, we all know that's wrong. And these are the issues that I'm getting complaints about a lot of the time. When we have, as we have now in coming up to Christmas, you know, an increase in traffic around the city and around the suburbs where people at pedestrian crossings, you know, motors are driving through, even on a red light. Mm. So that's the point I'm making. And it was uh, as part of our debate yesterday at our joint policing committee where the Gardaí were telling us about their initiatives for the Christmas period. I made the point that I'd like to see a lot more guards, as was the case before, on point duty. So in the very significant junctions that we would have guards on duty to keep the free-flowing traffic going and to ensure the pedestrians get an opportunity to cross safely as well because we do have an awful lot of people who go through yellow or to go through red lights and then sit in the yellow box or park discriminately mm. or go through... So not following the rules crossing. of the road effectively, Terry? Not following the rules of the road and it's right. not about education because they're well aware of what they're doing. So what's the solution? More guards? Well, no, I think people just need to cop on a small bit and a small bit of courtesy. I mean, if you beep your horn, as anybody know, you'll get, well, you, you're talking about bad language there earlier on. You yeah. can imagine what you'll get. I know, yeah. So I, all I'm saying is have a small bit of courtesy. I understand people are busy. People are picking up kids. They have to get to work. They're busy and whatever they're doing. You know, we now have a proliferation of armoured personnel carriers and panzers going around the city that never see off-road. But they're massive vehicles. And if you get a wallop of one of those, you know, you're going to know all about it. And I think, you know, people need to be a bit more aware yeah. of their surroundings and they're in built-up areas. So the guards are doing point duty in one area of my ward over in the Mahan Point Shopping Centre. And I've asked that they would do a similar job over in the village of Douglas, which is very busy at this time, and really in some of the major junctions in mm. the city centre as well okay. to keep traffic flowing and to make sure that pedestrians can cross safely. Yeah. And is it something that's got worse, Terry? In recent months, as well. like, why are you bringing it up I, I, now? Well, or? I, well, I, well, I'm bringing it up because I was at a policing committee, and it was the first opportunity I had. I think traffic levels, everyone will agree, are back at pre-pandemic levels, um, and and people are busy, and I just think people are just, you know, not taking due care mm. and attention. No patience. And I was, I'm just, I'm just making the point, lad. Would you, and ladies, would you just be a bit more aware of your surroundings? due care and attention, you know, 
and and uh, have a small bit of a courtesy for everybody else. Yeah, okay. You know? Well, we, we, we were talking about this a little earlier, I mentioned it, um, and like, how do we ensure that driving standards are maintained? Because for a lot of us, Terry, like, you sit the test when you're 18 and, and that's it, and you try for the rest of your, your driving career and you never have any level of continuous assessment or resit the test again or, you know, and, and people naturally, we all pick up bad habits uh, along the way. Mark is with us though on the line because Mark, do, well, do you think we should have to reset the driving test at some stage throughout our motoring careers? Well, uh, thanks Andrea. Um, I suppose I wouldn't necessarily uh, look to go and like, have everybody like, uh, reset the driving test because you know, there's an element of practicality to it. But I would say is you probably are the same as myself. I've had every 10 years, like I had to do a, an online like, uh, like, uh, application, for example, or to form. And it focuses on uh, our medical ability to drive, as, as your eyes, like, et cetera. But nothing about like, uh, the actual ability, what's changed the rules of the road in the last 10 years or 20 years. 20 years ago, like, uh, like, uh, the rules could be different than today. There's people on their, uh, they're driving like, on Irish roads uh, every day of the week uh, who maybe got their driving test 40 years ago. 40 years ago, we didn't have a motorway network. We didn't have bike lane networks. Like, uh, there's various other aspects, like, say, shared um, space signs. Mm. You know, the blue ones with people on them and so on. All these ones that Dora say, like I say, are, like, uh, they're introducing. There's no way that, that any of that is tested, as it currently said. So my perspective would be to uh, expand upon that existing um, uh, medical-based uh, online one to include, like, uh, an element that like, uh, looks at, like, uh, at uh, the rules of the road. Uh, on a, at least some kind of random questionnaire basis, a little bit like the theory test, theory maybe. Test, yeah. um, some kind. So I some wonder kind what of the reaction to that will be, Mark, yeah. if we told people, you know, when you're reapplying for the licence or if you're submitting yeah, the medical. But, that, that's, yeah. but, that, but that's why I'm saying, like, I mean, obviously the medical is one thing, I mean, that, that should be a, 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 a given. But this element, like, particularly of all new rules that I get, that I mean, implemented in, say, in the last say, 10 years, uh, I think is something that's like a, a, at least whether it's five questions or ten questions, anything at all, that has to be more than it currently is. Because as I say, literally people like, you know, every way you hear of, uh, of crashes on the M50, for example, and how much mm-hmm. of that is down to volume is one thing. But the other is how much people actually look at, say, for instance, looking at that blind spot as they desperately change lanes to get like, for that exit or otherwise. Yes, like, uh, if it, uh, you know, basically like a, a level of understanding of how to use a motorway, uh, it would help. So, I think it's just, it, there's that element of like at least a light touch, like, uh, and it's better than what we have at the moment. Because yeah, at the so moment, it's just too too many like, uh, crashes occurring on a daily basis. Okay, echoing on um, Terry's comments about courtesy. You know, there's there's a lot that can be learned. Yeah. Do Do you agree with that, Terry? Do you think that perhaps motorists should have to resit um, or take at least some form of a theory type test every couple of years or ten years? Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with it, actually. I mean, it mightn't be a bad idea. But I, my view is, I think people are well aware of the rules of the road. They understand just choosing that not you to shouldn't them. sit. Yeah, it, it, yeah, that's the issue. People know they shouldn't be sitting in a yellow box. People know they shouldn't be unloading a truck up on the footpath on double yellow lines. People know they shouldn't be going through red lights, whether you're a cyclist or a motorist. Mm. But people are taking a chance. They're okay. in a hurry. You know what I mean? That's no excuse. So I think people are well aware of what they're doing. Yeah. But they're taking they're a chance. To, and I mean, to... the problem is, t- 
taking a chance means you could be in an accident. Yeah, oh, absolutely. No and, question and, and No. No question about that, Terry. Brenda Bulger, Brenda's the um, the owner of Bulger's, the Bulger School of Motoring in Kilkenny. Brenda, how practical is resitting, well, whether, maybe not the full test, but some form of a theory test, at least every couple of years? I don't, I don't know if I would agree with a theory test for sure. I've absolutely always, always been a big, big advocate of continual assessment rather than a test. Because if you pass your driving test at 17, the next time you're assessed for your ability to drive is when you turn, I think it's 65 and you need to have an eyesight report. That's it. Once you hit the road, that's it. Um, I know I certainly don't have as much uh, liveliness in me now as I did when I was 17. We all grow, we all change, we develop. Mm. Hopefully for the better. Um, but we do develop bad driving habits. Um, we do develop bad behaviour through not necessarily how we're taught to drive, but maybe a flippancy about it'll be all right, I'll throw on the hazards, I'll fly in here, I'll maybe a minute. And that, that kind of relaxedness towards the driving is something that we need to keep on top of. That said, we have waiting lists that the RSA have been struggling to deal with for quite some time now. They're always making their way back into the headlines every so often that the lists and the waiting times are expanding and expanding. Mm. So if we were to introduce a system of continual assessment, I don't know if we have the administration behind it to continue or even begin that type of service for the people. But our our bad driving behaviour... I would be shocked to think any driving instructor out there would, would encourage their students to drive badly. Um, I, I think much better of my colleagues than that. But it's something that we develop over the years. Yeah. And, you know, I'm in a hurry. I have to get somewhere really quickly. You know, like we all race to get to work every morning and spend all weekend complaining so about having to go to work. Li- li- <laughs> lifestyle changes have probably come into it as well. Out of curiosity, Brenda, do many people go to you? for continuous assessment or go back for a random driving test after they pass? Never. And, and yeah, it, I wouldn't it, have thought so. It's one thing there that the gentleman raised about them driving on motorways and there was no motorways 40 years ago. Mm. You're forbidden to drive on a motorway if you have a learner's permit. And you can go in and get your test and pass your test and when you're handed your full licence or it's sent out to you, you can then go and drive on a motorway without any training whatsoever. Now, just because you passed your test doesn't mean you were a better driver the day before. It just means <laughs> Ten minutes prior to it, I know. So you can go out onto the motorway having never, no experience of motorway driving. Yeah, and myself, I recall the first time, you know, maybe like driving to the airport is a big adventure for us down the country. It's a terrifying experience, yeah. even with my But driving in Dublin, I, like I would, you know, it's funny, like I, I remember this with other family members, like discussing it at the time whether you should have to do at least one lesson in a large scale town or in a city or something like that you know as part of your driving like I learned to drive in Ballyshannon <laughs> you know I sat my test in Donegal town but like the difference then when you went to, to Galway or Dublin like it was a big difference like Massive now maybe your your listeners in, in Turles will be able to correct me but I do believe that you can do a driving test in Turles or at least in my day you could and there's no right turn at a traffic light in Turles at the time. Any turnless listeners, have, let us know. Yes, <laughs> have you yes, any right turns at a light? <laughs> but, but, but I'm, I'm going I back take your point. Surprise. I take your point though. Yeah, like I mean, it's, yeah, that's, that, that, and that, you're going you're gonna to have to turn right at some stage of the set of lights. Let me bring in John as well, Brenda. Stay with us. Uh, John is in Letter Kenny. John, you've been listening to this discussion. What's your view on potentially having to reset some form of the test anyway? 
Can you hear me all right, John? No, we'll try and reconnect there maybe with John. I think we've got Robert as well, though. Robert, why did you get in touch about this? Oh, no, I just uh, didn't so much get in touch as your um, one of your programme people there. Oh, yeah. Down. What's your view on it anyway, on the idea of well, potentially Well, I suppose having... it might be a bad idea, but what if... I'm thinking that they should be able to go on the motorways at least, even if you have to have your instructor on it, like, because how most of, aren't most of us within, say, 20 plus minutes of a motorway? Because, like, say a friend that had him in mind, she's not, but um, if she if she had him in mind down there in Kilkenny, like, we could have gone on the motorway, say, to Waterford or something. But she's right, like, you don't, you can't touch it when you're learning, and then suddenly you're expected mm, to handle it when I you know, pass. I know, I know. Did I hear it? You go back to your driving instructor, is that right, from time to time? Yeah, I've actually booked one on the 16th because I just near. Well, let's just say some idiot without lights nearly killed me. I was going to be, I was going to overtake a tractor trailer rig, so I'm doing the things you do, you know, looking around, checking the mirrors, that sort of crack. And then suddenly, right when I have to commit to it, I see some idiot barreling straight at me within a bleeding something that was about the size of a bleeding micro and not a light on him. I had to abort so quickly the guy behind me flashed me, which I don't really blame him for because he must have wondered what was going on. Mm. He didn't do it again, though, because he must have seen the Egypt come by with the no lights. But, like, I mean, that's nearly worse than, that's nearly worse than, like, well, I don't know, it's nearly worse than, it's nearly worse than what the gentleman from Cork was saying, like, because that's just, I mean, I don't know what yeah. the hell they were doing, but they were coming at me fast, so they must have been doing 60 plus. Dri- yes, yeah, it's, it's the driver behaviour, I, I think, I think in, in, in general. Like, Mark, have you noticed that even just over the years driving? Because you suggested the idea of potentially having to reset, um some form of the theory the theory test as such but like I wonder Brenda do you, do you think we'd do you think that just there'd be so much um, you know a lack of enthusiasm around doing this it would just never happen I think it would just never happen I think an, an awful lot of what happens with people's attitude whilst they're driving and behaviour while they're driving is like it's what we call the cat syndrome because um, you're not really enraged by the driver in front of you and, and that's why you're taking risks trying to overtake them it's, it's you know something else but it's easy to, to manifest itself through um, road rage but maybe you know if, if people are behaving in these things we could start introducing like an anger management section of the theory test How would you, you know, do that Brenda? Oh I, I like we do we do need to do something because driver behaviour once you pass your test for a lot of people, kudos to them. They do realise that this isn't the last day of your driving career, but it's the first day mm. of your driving career. But we do in Ireland, a lot of us, I had it myself when I passed as well, it was like, that's done. I'm now an adult. I have my full licence. Don't need to bother with that anymore. Not realising that what you're doing is is trying to develop a skill that you have for life because you've got to share the road with other people. Yeah, and you're all absolutely. responsible for yourself and each other. And we all have our days where we're having a little absent-mindedness. I've often come up to a roundabout and thought, oh my goodness, I never indicated there. You know, um, but it's when, when the behaviour is consistent. You know, and, yeah. Well, yeah. L- let's 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 get views on this. I mean, um, some form of an anger management section of the theory test, potentially having to resit the theory test every uh, 10 years or even, well, the full-on driving test, continuous assessment. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. And we're talking about our standard of driving here in Ireland. We are running a poll on Twitter 
at Lunchtime Live NT today about this and we're very simply asking, should you have to resit your driving test every 10 years? 64% of those who've responded so far have said no. 28% of you though think yes, you should have to resit the test and 8% reckon no, you shouldn't have to resit it but you should need and you do need to sit some form of additional driving lessons or continuous assessment. John is with us on the line in Letter Kenny. John, do you think that you should have to sit well, reset some form of the test. No, I don't think so. Basically, uh, if you pass your test, you pass your test. And I think you gain experience as you're going along. But the big problem, I think, is that an awful lot of people are actually frustrated at the moment, uh, especially around towns, because the road network around towns seems to be getting more and more congested. And it's down to basically cycle lanes, road networks get narrower because of cycle lanes. Things like uh, pedestrian crossings that are on a roundabout that don't have any specific pedestrian crossing. Somebody's coming off a roundabout and next thing you see someone standing there in the middle of the road and they're hitting the brakes. Uh, this is something that I've noticed around the country an awful lot. Okay. There's so you- two white lines on the road and somebody's coming off a roundabout and the next thing these two white lines are there and there's somebody walking across and there's no indication that there's a pedestrian crossing there. So, and they're in breaks and so so then just, should should having to reset the test in some form. Uh, one listener made the suggestion that you should have to reset, you know, a certain element of the theory test as part of when you're reapplying or or submitting your your medical details every couple of years. So should should um, do you not think then people there should be some continuous assessment to allow for all the the you know well, traffic uh, management changes that have come in? Well, as far as I can see, uh, if someone can tell me what two white lines in the middle of the road are that that's a pedestrian crossing and there's no indication that it's a pedestrian crossing. Like, maybe they should have to reset a theory test, okay. but I don't... And if you do fail your theory test after having a... Does that mean you automatically go off the road? Can you imagine the amount of people that will be taken off the road? Yeah. But, like, this is what I'm saying. There's, a, there's, a, there's signals out there that are coming up, but there's signs coming up and they just don't make sense. Okay. Like, okay. if anybody can tell me out there what the two white lines are, is it that the pedestrian has right away or the car has right away? Because there's two. Uh, I see it all over the okay. country now. Uh, I actually seen I seen an accident happen because of it. There was a car pulling around the corner, and there was somebody standing on this in between these two white lines. Okay, so you want to know them. in 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 that area what what they're there for? Graham is on the line. Graham, you are a motorcyclist. Um, well, what's like our standard of driving in Ireland? How good or bad is it? I would say it is it's quite poor. Um, I think most of it is down to I think people's confidence and carelessness. You know, like while there's a lot of people who they understand how to drive a vehicle, um, they're lacking in kind of confidence in driving it, and you know, an understanding of the basic rules of the road, like you know, things like lane discipline and making progress, position roundabouts. All these kind of mistakes. One of the things that I'm seeing on, on, on roundabouts all the time is people staying in the left hand lane taking the taking the, the third exit, which is so dangerous. Like there's so many crashes that happen close to where I live on that. And I would agree with our previous caller's point in relation to that, you know, the councils do seem to be making an awful mess of their road markings on on the road. Like I mean okay. they're, they're putting in they're putting in stuff that that, that doesn't make sense. I'll give you one exa- one very good mm. example. The, the the lane markings where the M1 motorway 
intersects with the N50. If you're going from, you know, from, from Kulak up that road and then turning down onto the M1 across the flyover, the lane markings don't match up with the way you're supposed to kind of take that exit off. And people have to, you have to cross a lane on a roundabout to be in the correct lane when you're leaving yes, the, yeah. the, the okay. roundabout. So, the, so the, this idea of having to resit then, you know, a theory test or potentially have to do some sort of a continuous lesson at some stage in your driving lifetime, would you be supportive of that? I would, but there needs to be better controls around kind of what we have now at the moment. And I did a bit of research on this now before jumping on uh, your, yeah. your show today. Um, um, since 2014, right, 53% of people uh, passed their test the first time. And that's the same, nearly the same, in every driving test centre up and down the country. All right? And of, that, of the people that don't pass, 94% 90, like in every test centre pass on the second time. And that's since 2014. That's based on the CSO that I've looked mm. at, figures that I've looked at. They seem suspicious to me. To be honest, nice. like, okay. I, that goes, like I'm not trying to say they're not doing their job or anything like that, but how, are they, how is it within one percent every year? Like you know, so I don't know whether they. Okay, so like, you, yeah, I, 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 yeah, so, I, I, I do see some people driving around, and I kind of think to myself, how no on earth did you pass? Yeah, I There's know. No way they passed the same test that I passed 20 yeah. years ago. You know, it's it's you interesting know? as well. Um, one of the points that Brenda Bulger, the driving instructor, made a little earlier, she talked, I mean, when I asked her about this and whether she thought we should have to redo the theory test at some stage or reset the driving test, the point that she thought would be worthwhile was in, introducing um, something similar to like an anger management style or an element to the driving lessons and the driving course when people are learning to drive. She said she thought that might be beneficial. Brian is with us on the line. Like, Brian, do you think that would be worthwhile? What, what's your view on anger management and, and driving standards here in Ireland? I'm too annoyed to tell you. Uh, that hello, bad. Andrea. Thanks for the opportunity to vent my, uh, my spleen on this one. Um, could I, can I just say on, on anger management and people learning how to drive? I mean, one of the things that I've particularly bugbear for me is people who drive in the middle lane on a motorway. Now, I see people with uh, learner, or not learner, or novice, you know, driving in the middle lane of a motorway. I don't understand how they've just come through a load of lessons and they still do that. I still don't, don't understand that. But when, when I started to uh, drive a long time ago, uh, when I, I was 15 and a half, I was in America. And in America, the insurance companies would actually subsidize um, the driving lessons in the school. And the driving lessons in the school were part of the curriculum, so you could, by completing a six-month driving course, which you did theory and you did uh, movies and then you got into cars, uh, if you completed that six-month course, you'd get points for your graduation, plus you would get a full license when you were 16, uh, which is what I did. Mm. So that, that was quite a long time ago, but, you know, I think you have to start out right, and anger management is definitely a part of it. But anger management is also part of civics and learning how to deal with people in general. Yeah. Do, do, do you notice that, Graeme, like just as a, as a motorcyclist, um, how anger management has become more of an issue on the roads? I see it in a lot of motorcyclists, if I'm honest with you, because, you know, you're quite exposed on, on a motorcycle and yeah. it cuts you off. It can be quite scary, but not like I just let them off. I just go, off you go, like, you know, if, if, if something were bad were to happen, you know, I'm going to come off worse on that. And 
it's you're better off just letting that person go and just thinking about it after or whatever. Like you know, it's just so prevalent now. Poor driving and it's it, it's just something I come to expect now. I like if I'm going on the on the bike, I'm like somebody's going to pull out in front of me today, or somebody's going to switch lane in front of me, not realizing I'm there. I just mm. accept, I just accept it. Part of it now. Like, can I just make a point on on the um, the, the motorway thing as well? Yeah. That, pre, that the previous Brian, about, yeah. There seems to be there seems to be a crash on the motorways, like in the N50, nearly every day. Everybody's going in this in the one direction. So I just there's part of me that just does not understand that. You know, like I mean, how how bad a driver do you need to be to cause an accident on? A road where everybody Okay, yeah. I suppose there's a lot of things, isn't there? Though there's between traffic and volume and weather conditions and a you know, whole, I suppose, host of stuff that that would come into account as well. Um, let me bring in. Is Will there? Will you got in touch about this too? Like, I mean, what's your view on our standard of driving? Um, I, I would definitely say the standard of driving is very poor. I, I, I drive professionally for a living. Um, I would certainly say it's very poor. Just getting back to uh, a couple of points, I suppose. There, um, you had a driving instructor on earlier on. Yeah. Uh, I suppose my suggestion would be that uh, when you go to actually renew your license that like your EDT so before you do your test you have to go through 12 lessons same with there's a chat on there about motorbikes you have to do 15 lessons IBT Yeah. truck drivers have to do a CPC every couple of years uh, to renew their licenses so when you go to renew your license in 10 years having passed maybe you should have to do like a reduced EDT uh, course maybe 3 or 4 lessons you're talking there about driving uh, anger management well, actually, session 11 um, of your EDT is about driving calmly. So that's already covered by your EDTs. It's there. I wonder how much focus there is on it, though. Uh, very, very little. Little, I would imagine, yeah. Very little. But within your EDTs, there is lessons there about driving safely through traffic. I actually have an EDT booklet here in front of me. S- session 6 is about anticipation reaction. Session 5 is correct positioning. So if you had to do maybe the first four or five EDTs again before you actually got your uh, license renewed. A driving tester or a driving instructor could give you just a cert to say, I uh, have completed so many lessons, you hand that in and your license is, is renewed. You've thereby proved that you've recapped or gone through all of these things uh, again before your license is issued. Um, I would definitely say as well, people are talking about bad habits. People might have bad habits, but it doesn't necessarily make you a bad driver. No, that's a fair point, actually. It just means that maybe you are slightly shortcutting some of the things that you should be doing. You should be doing the indicators um, and, yeah. Well, I suppose, again, we are, we're all taught about a thing called go show. So if you're pulling away from a curb, gears, observation, signal, handbrake, observation, you may not do the two observations, but as long as you've looked into your blind spot and you've pulled away, I think you're safe. Yeah. It doesn't okay. require all of this this looking around. So as I said, look, truck drivers have to go through their CPC every couple of years. Um, why should it be maybe any different? Any for different for a motorist? Fair point. James is with us in Kerry. James, what's the standard of driving like there? <laughs> I would cover more than Kerry. I suppose generally speaking, and I'm probably part of this as well, it could be better. I, I would suggest something like a refresher course for anybody with a license over maybe 25 years. Because our roads have changed dramatically mm. in the last 25 years. There was no roundabouts back 25, 30 years ago. There was virtually no dual carriageways. There wasn't the volume of traffic. Now, I would link that to giving some sort of reward or concession on insurance for anybody who would do that refresher course. 
I remember, I remember there was some, James, I can't, well, I, sorry, I just want to say, I remember and I can't remember. Um, when I passed my driving test a number of years ago, there was one of the insurance companies at the time, I can't remember which one of them it was I was with, they offered some, they had a, a course that you could sit as an additional driving course and if you completed it, you got an extra percentage of your insurance and it was targeted at young, newly qualified drivers because I remember d- sitting the, t- the additional course in order to get the discounted rate off the insurance. I can't remember who did it, but there was one of the one of the the, um, the insurers anyway. Definitely offered that. Maybe that is the point. Something similar to to what Will was making as well that might uh, that might work. Marcus texted in and said, "There's a lot of driving test backlog." Um, there's a huge backlog as well as the NCT well we were only talking about that yesterday how would you retest a qualified driver look at the backlog that you'd have this texter says I'm a motorcyclist and I drive an adventure motorbike and the amount of young people that I see coming towards me with their eyes looking down at their phone as I'm passing them is absolutely frightening says this listener this texter um, professional drivers must attend a one day course every year in order to retain their licence that's actually it's Vincent and Carrick and Shannon has got in touch about that Keep them coming into us. Lunchtime live at newstalk.com. That's the email address. You can drop us a text either. Um, and we might come back to this a little bit later, but we'll have to leave it there. Will, John, Graham, uh, Brian, and Chris, thanks a million for getting in touch with us on the programme.